Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC. I'm joined by Tyler, and we're here to talk about the Week 10 Fantasy Picks. Tyler, how are you doing today? Great, man. Yeah. I'm awesome. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> you ready to talk some football? Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go ahead and dive into our fantasy rankings rankings for week ten. Absolutely. And uh, just a quick reminder uh, to our listeners: go ahead, follow us at uns, at unsport comment on Twitter. Again, at unsport comment on Twitter. Uh, we're going to start as always with the quarterbacks, and uh, we're going to do top twelve for, uh, for each of our picks. Uh, give me your top five to to get things started. Okay, so I think at least our top five. <clears throat> I think there's one you and I aren't going to agree on. Um, But for the most part, it should be flip-flop like usual. Right. Uh, At one, I have Kyler Murray. Two, I have Josh Allen. Three, Russell Wilson. Four, Aaron Rodgers. And at number five, I have Deshaun Watson. Okay. Yeah, we're very close. Um, One, I got Josh Allen. Two, Kyler Murray. Three, Russell Wilson. Four, Deshaun Watson. And five, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, yeah, the I I slipped Aaron Rodgers down to five just because there is that danger in that game where he might not need to really be throwing in the second half. That is that is a real risk um, with the matchup he has. It's, it's almost too good of a matchup. And sometimes that backfires a bit. Deshaun Watson also, you know, he's going to be you know doing everything he's he's got to do to try to get his team involved. I, I took Josh Allen over Kyler Murray because you're uh, a Bills fan. Well. Uh, no, um, this is a fantasy uh, perspective, and I simply I look at both quarterbacks, and I view them on a fairly similar tier from a fantasy perspective. And I look at Kyler Murray; he's playing against the Bills defense. Josh Allen's playing against the Arizona defense. Which matchup do I like better? I like I like the matchup against uh, the Arizona defense. Simply put, um, so that, that's the only reason I gave Josh Allen the edge in this one. But I think both of them are great plays. If you're starting either quarterback this week, uh, you're in line for most likely a great game. Yeah, I mean, flip-flopping and making an argument over who should be one and two when we both have Kyler and Josh Allen Mm -hmm. at one and two in both of our rankings. Um, I just think Kyler Murray has the potential to do more with his legs. That's why – and I agree with you, the matchup favors Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. I think Kyler Murray can get a little bit more done with his legs though, because when you're talking about um, Buffalo has the better defense, right? When you're talking about Josh Allen going up against the Arizona defense, there's more opportunity for um, wide receivers to, to sneak open as opposed to Kyler Murray. If he's facing man coverage and everyone's covered, he can take off. Um, I so I, I I gave him a little bit more of a nod this week over Josh Allen, um, sure. but yeah. And then you and I both agreed Russell Wilson at three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the dude's an absolute monster. Twenty eight touchdowns through. What has, has Seattle had their bye week yet? Uh yes, they have had their bye week. Okay, so yeah, they're six and two. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So through eight games, he's thrown 28 touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Russell Wilson, regardless of the matchup, I mean, even last week where he played pretty porous, he made up for it in garbage time. Right. I mean, he, he still had 390 yards and, and three touchdowns. He, he only finished quarterback 10, but that was just one of those weeks where 
24 fantasy mm-hmm. points isn't you know like it, other quarterbacks performed well most weeks uh, if you have 24 fantasy points you're finishing closer to top five than top 10 uh russell wilson's had one game this year where he's finished outside the top 10 and that was week four against miami um, and he still had 22 fantasy points. He has yeah. not had a bad fantasy game to date. You can go happened. ahead and bank throwing Russell Wilson in your lineup. He's getting you at least 20. Right. Um, at least. I think that, you know, the Seahawks have produced a couple of the most consistent fantasy players that you will see, uh, not just this season, but in general ever, which is Russell Wilson at quarterback and DK Metcalf ever seen. Yeah. That is consistent as you're going to find. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, look at the rest of the rankings there, number six through 12. I'm, I'm going on a limb here, but number six, I'm guessing you have Justin Herbert. I do not. You don't. I have him one spot back. Okay, I'm I l- curious who you have more uh, higher than Justin Herbert. I have Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> okay, I mean, all right. I have, I have, I have Lamar at seven, so that's fine. <clears throat> I mean, if Garoppolo can look fantasy relevant, against the Patriots, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson and that dynamic offense, I think he should be fine. I wasn't comfortable putting him in the top five, um, but at six, yeah, he, he's going to – Lamar Jackson's going to have a top ten performance this week. At seven, I have Herbert. Okay. At eight, I have Jared Goff. Nine, I have Carson Wentz. Ten – just cleared off of COVID, and he is going to play tomorrow. Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. I have Drew Brees at 11. Uh-huh. And then I have Tom Brady at 12. Okay. So we have the exact same guys, just different order. We already talked about the 6-7 flip-flop there. Uh, I have Carson Wentz at 8, Jared Goff at 9, uh, which is pretty close to what you had there. Um the last three, I mean, again, the same guys, just different order. I have Tom Brady, then Drew Brees, then Big Ben. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. You you can make a, a case for either one of those guys being above the other. I think they're going to finish pretty close to one another. Um, I don't think there's a big difference between, uh, you know, kind of that 8 to 12-ish range uh, with the exception I give, like I said, give Jared Goff, Carson Wentz a little bit of advantage. They have, they have nicer matchups, I think. Big Ben does have a nice matchup against Cincy. You, you do have to like that. Um, so I understand where you're coming from. Uh, Tom Brady against Carolina. Carolina's been sneaky good against uh, against uh, the pass defense. So yeah. uh, I, I do see why you put him at 12. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with your list. Yeah, no, I, and like you and I flip-flopped Goff and Wentz. And, I mean, that's fine. Both have been sporadic from a fantasy perspective. And the only reason I know that 100% to be a fact is because I own both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave the the nod to Wentz, though, to for the eight slot, strictly because both have really nice matchups when you're talking about the pass game. Sure. The Giants, who Philadelphia is going up against, is 25th against the pass. Mm-hmm. So they're bad. Seattle is dead last. I think Goff is going like, and and like we said in the last episode, I have Seattle winning this game, but I would not be surprised if Goff has a huge day tomorrow in a big shootout type game. Right. And that's, I, I I understand that completely. Um, You know, they're both, both have really nice matchups. 
I do like Carson Wentz's ability, you know, kind of like how you said with Kyler uh, Murray, I like his ability to produce with his legs a little bit more. Um, Carson Wentz is one of those guys that can have just a, just an awful game and still have decent fantasy numbers. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that he has the ability to actually have a good game plus good fantasy numbers this week. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. What, what about your uh, sleeper and bus picks? Well, what do you got for that? So I got two sleepers. I got one bust. Okay, it's um. Uh, let me take a guess at one of your sleepers because I have I we might have the same one, uh, Derek yeah. Carr. Derek Carr is one of my sleepers. Yes, yeah. against Denver. Um, some of the things we pointed out last night was uh, his touchdown to interception ratio. Mm-hmm. He was I had Derek Carr in my top twelve last week, and he didn't produce what we uh, what I necessarily thought he was going mm-hmm. to do given his matchup against the Chargers. Um, but, I mean, he's got another favorable matchup coming up this week against uh, a defense that's beaten up and broken. And I, 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 I like the weapons he has around him. Yeah, yeah. So if he I, could figure out how to be more effective at getting Henry Ruggs the ball, Sure. That that would really help stretch that offense. Like if 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 I did my list of 15, I think I would have Derek Carr 14, maybe 15 in my list. Um you want to take a crack at who my other sleeper is? Because this one might it shouldn't surprise you a whole lot, but it might surprise you a little bit that I'm toting this guy as a sleeper. Okay. Um Drew Locke. No. No, okay. Then, Drew Locke doesn't wake up until the fourth quarter. No, I agree. I mean, you know, you said I might be a little bit surprised. Uh, so the, so then let me say uh, Joe Burrow. Nope. No? Okay. Who, who I think Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow is going to have a – He has a tough matchup. He's got a horrible matchup. Yeah. And it, as much as I love him as a, as a rookie and as a prospect, mm-hmm. and he's done he, – he, he is – superseded any type of thought or prediction as to what we thought his rookie season was going to look like. Mm-hmm. No, I got Tua. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Tua against the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, the, the Chargers pass rush is, is uh, banged up. Uh, they're missing Bosa. Yep, uh, they're, missing their best, they're missing their best safety yep. in uh, Derman James. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I, we don't I, really know what Tua has a whole lot to offer but he get, he showed us enough last week that you're like okay let's i'd roll the dice on him one more one more time sure and it, but if you're looking at if you if you're in a i don't know if your quarterback's on by you don't have any of the 12 we listed or you're in a two quarterback league mm-hmm. i mean given the matchup i would be okay throwing to it in yeah either yeah. as a one week filler or in, in a two quarterback league, having him be having him be my QB two or a super flex. Sure. Yeah. I'd be okay with that too. Um, I, I had Ryan Tannehill this week on my team and I knew it was going to be a bad matchup to begin with. And I'm, I'm wishing right now, obviously that I hadn't started him, uh, which reminds me uh, for our listeners, in case you're wondering, we are not going to be talking about any players from either the Colts or the Titans this week because we they they've already played their game so they're not going to be any another guys are going to be showing up in our rankings so when you come to the next segment and you see that Derrick Henry is not in our top three running backs that is the reason why. Facts. Yep. Uh, what about busts? Who are you nervous about? Um, you know, obviously we can't say Ryan Tannehill anymore. 
Uh, so who are you nervous about this week? So it's not anyone I had in my 12. Yeah. It's actually someone who I feel was ranked pretty fairly. Okay. Um, I just see him falling outside of it. Cam Newton versus Baltimore. The consensus consensus rankings had him yesterday when I did my rankings at 19. He's currently 21. Okay. Yeah. So pretty close. I think I think I had him at 19 because I crossed off Tannehill and um, Philip Rivers. Okay. Cam Newton. Yeah, is yeah, not, yeah, that makes sense. Cam Newton's not going to finish in the top 20 this week. He's not. It's not going to. You need to bench his ass. If you even have, you need to cut him. <clears throat> you need to get the fuck rid of Cam Newton. Get, but completely buy out of that stock. Uh, he had 25 fantasy points last week. Okay. Look at his, look at if you, cause you're saying he had 25, look at his game to game stats. So was, I'm assuming that 25 was the best game he's put up since week two. Correct. But mm-hmm. uh, week before that he had 18 week before that was horrible. He had three against San Francisco week before that he had 19. So it's, you know, aside from that uh, week seven blip, he's had some decent 19, 18, and 25 are pretty decent numbers. And looking ahead to schedule, yes, this week is Baltimore. That's 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 a bad bet. Don't play him this week. I agree with him being a bust for this week. I'm totally okay with that pick. But after that, he has Houston, Arizona, and the L.A. Chargers, three teams that are in the top ten when it comes to allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks. So – I don't know yeah, that you need I'll, to outright cut him. A uh, lot of those fantasy points are coming through the pass game. As we touched on yesterday, New England has four straight games without a passing touchdown. Sure. But, that's like nine, That's like 1940s style of football. Sure, but Cam Newton is getting – look, I'm not saying it's an effective st- uh, style to win football games, but Cam Newton is getting fantasy points. Um, I, I would I, – I, there are so many better options – but if, if Cam Newton is – if you're in a one-quarterback league and Cam Newton is your starter, you need to significantly reevaluate what the fuck you're doing because there he are – He should be your number two guy. Uh, yes, I agree with that. He should be your number two guy. But, uh, you know, he is not – depending on who your number one guy because there are, you know, a couple of guys out there uh, who match up depending – could have a worse matchup, and Cam Newton on a couple of these upcoming weeks might have a better looking matchup. I'm, I'm, I don't think you should cut him necessarily if, you, if, if you're desperate for quarterback help. If you've watched any of these Patriot games, and you watch his throwing mechanics, you you watch you watch him as a starting quarterback. He's a shell of him for, of his, of his former self. Like it's he can't he he can't get the ball delivered on time which causes a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I just, I, and he's also starting to make, he's making mistakes as a runner with the football, fumbling the goddamn ball. I have no, no I have zero faith. Cam Newton. I, I, I have zero faith in him to, to win a game, but I do I have, have some faith in him to put up fantasy points. I don't. So, all right, well, let me, let's go ahead and move mm-hmm. on to my uh, bus pick. And it's a guy that's ranked right around the same place that Cam Newton is. He was ranked one place higher. And again, this is a guy that I, I, he's, he is 
not really been terrible this year, but he has not quite met the expectations um, that at least you and I had for him because you and I are both kind of high on this guy, and that's Matthew Stafford. Um, he has a, a game against Washington who has a, a decent pass defense, and he's without his number one uh, receiver. Last week, he did not look very good against Minnesota's defense, uh, which I would argue Minnesota's defense is worse than the Washington defense. Without his top guy, I he he struggles a bit. And so I don't like this matchup at all for Matthew Stafford. I don't have any confidence in playing him this week. Um, I agree. I could see why you'd have him as a butt. I, I think he's ranked fairly for where he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when you're looking at everybody else. One through 17, matchup based, all that. Like, I think he was he was – ranked fairly by the consensus um i don't know man dude stafford needs to get the fuck out of detroit like he 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 needs to he needs to move the fuck i think it would be fair to say through stafford's tenure in detroit Mm -hmm. he hasn't been the problem i agree um I, i also would like to say you know a team I think would be an excellent fit for Matthew Stafford? N- no, not, not the 49ers. Um, I mean, actually, he wouldn't be a horrible fit there. But, He'd be a good fit yeah. in Kyle Shanahan. But I think he would be a great fit mm. on this team, who currently has a veteran quarterback that is under underwhelming, but they have a great offensive line that would oh, get Matthew Stafford. Colts. You know the Colts. He would be a great fit on the Colts. Oh, the Colts don't. The, the Colts do not need. They, they're young at pretty much every position. They need to move off of older type quarterbacks. They need to find a guy that's young and they can grow with. My, like my personal opinion, I think the Colts would be a great fit for Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is. Sam Darnold's a. a, a I won't say he's not great. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. He's a good no, you you yeah. you can't yeah, he's played yeah. for the Jets. I he's played did. for the Jets. Yeah. Okay. And it last season, after he got the fucking kissing disease, he came back and took a team that couldn't couldn't put up any fucking points. Took them and went seven and six to finish the season. He's a good quarterback. He's just had a really shitty fucking draw of luck by being drafted by the Jets. And guess what? If Trevor Lawrence, if the Jets end up with a number one pick, they will. Trevor Lawrence is going to get drafted yeah. by the Jets. Yeah. And Sam Darnold's going to be on the fucking trade market. Yeah, the question is, will Sam Darnold get another starting opportunity I think he will. Oh my god! I yeah, think dude, he there's, will. There's there's so many teams out there that that need at least either have a need for immediate quarterback help, right, or quarterback help for the future. Like a, another good example would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure, you're gonna turn this shit over to Mason Rudolph? No. Yeah. Bring in Sam Donald. Let let him learn under Big Ben for a year. I don't know, maybe two. But I think Sam Darnold would be a good fit in Mike Tomlin's organization. I think Sam Darnold would also work in a Kyle Shanahan offense. 
I just, it, but if the poor motherfucker gets sent down to like Jacksonville, no, bro, his career's over. It's yeah. done. Yeah. Or like, you know, the Washington football team. That would just be. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, they, they've yeah. got too many goddamn quarterbacks yeah. on their it's, roster to begin You know, with. the question is is he going to get another opportunity? Not just is he going to get another opportunity, but where is that next opportunity going to come is for he, him? For me, it's is, is, is he going to get a fair opportunity? Right. It's, uh, it's hard to say. It really is at this point uh, because he's not exactly right now able to show like essentially this second half of the season for him, the games that he does play, um, assuming he gets back on the field, they're essentially a tryout for other teams that are looking. That's yeah, what sure. it is because the jets are going to get the number one pick. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you have any doubt in your mind? The jets are going to somehow not get the number one pick. No, and no, they're, 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 they're going they're, to get the number one pick. This is there's one person that you and I both know think that think the Cowboys are going to get it. Like no, no, the Cowboys, the Cowboys have won two games too many. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys have two wins. The Jets have none. Right, right. Oh man, what's funny is the highlight. The highlight of the Cowboys season was that ridiculous comeback they had against Atlanta. That might as well have been what doomed them to to not getting <laughs> a number one pick. Uh, irony there. So uh, that that was the only bust I had. Um, I agree with you on what you said about Cam for this week. I don't like that matchup against the Ravens no. at all. Oof, the Ravens are going to feast this week on defense. Um, anyone else that you have, sleeper bust, that you want to uh, give a shout-out to? No, for the quarterback position, no. I'm, I think, I'm... Yeah, I think we picked it pretty, pretty bone-dry there. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to take a little break here. Next up, we're going to talk about the running backs. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to talk about the running backs. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's change it up. Tyler, I'll go first this time. Does that sound good to you? Oh, neato. I love right. the change up. All right. So my running back rankings, number one, I have Dalvin Cook. I think that goes without say, obviously. Number two, Aaron Jones. Three, James Robinson. Four, here's where it gets interesting, Nick Chubb. Five, Alvin Kamara. Six, Miles Sanders. Seven, Josh Jacobs. Eight, James Conner. Nine, Mike Davis. And ten, Antonio Gibson. Okay. We had the same people. Uh-huh. Just not I don't I don't think we matched up on one ranking. Well, we had the same ten, really? That's actually uh, yeah. impressive. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> oh my God, I can't. I actually, I'm, I'm actually stunned. I can't believe that shit. So at one, I'm. It's based off of matchup for me. Wait, you don't have Dalvin Cook at one. No. I have Aaron Jones at one. I mean, I get that. Yeah, like I'm not going to argue that Aaron Jones has a, has a better matchup. Sure, absolutely. But I just I can't not pick Dalvin Cook on the recent string of performance that the complete tear he is doing, cementing himself as as about as matchup proof as it gets. You can't, but I can. I mean, that's cool. I have Chicago as my upset pick this week, I suppose. So, I mean, it'd be nice, I guess. I have Dalvin Cook at two. Okay. I have Alvin Kamara at three. All right. James Robinson at four. I have Nick Chubb at five. 
Okay. I have Josh Jacobs at six, right. James Connor at seven, uh-huh. Mike Davis at eight, Antonio Gibson at nine, and I have Miles Sanders at ten. Miles Sanders at ten. He has a he has a nice matchup. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm thinking there might be a little bit of a snap. I'm I'm he's still in my top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. Antonio Gibson has a better matchup than Miles Sanders. Uh, Antonio Gibson against Detroit, yes, yes, I agree with that. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, yes, he is banged up. Um, he's coming back off of injury, but he has been about uh, as consistent as you can find when you look at the running backs that aren't that like that top five ish. Um, he, he's been about as consistent as as it gets. Uh, with his performance. So that that's why I think I had him a little higher. Josh Jacobs, I know he doesn't have a great matchup. Denver's been very good at limiting uh, running back points. James Conner uh, has an okay matchup. Cincinnati's been very average uh, against uh, opposing running backs. Mike Davis, a little bit of a negative there against Tampa Bay. Um, and Antonio Gibson, yeah, he does have a great matchup there, but I don't – I guess I just don't have enough faith in him quite yet. Not so much him, but the Washington – football team in general and their offensive schemes especially since they're they're going to be playing with uh, their backup quarterback and alex smith that i think i think uh detroit bad as they are at, at stopping the run game they're they're they are going to be keyed in and they're going to be loading up the box to stop antonio gibson um okay uh maybe i'm higher on on gibson when it comes to Sanders, it, like, and I agree with you, Mike Davis draws probably it, it's not even probably he draws the worst matchup out of anybody in our top ten. Mm, not not statistically, no. Um, Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara both are playing against defenses that have that have that have allowed less running back points than Tampa Bay. Alvin Kamara does all, most of his work through the passing game, and the 49ers cannot stop any anybody out of that backfield in the passing game. They might be able to limit people up the gut. That's not Alvin Kamara's game. Yeah, but has Tampa Bay been able to stop people out of the passing? That's what Mike Davis is going to do too. But that's why I like my – I have – okay, for starters, I have more faith in Tampa Bay's defense mm-hmm. than I do San Francisco's. Okay. But all the while, like Mike Davis is going to be the bell cow again. There's yeah. no, there's no, there's not going to be no snap count. There's not going to be any distri- distribution between the two. Mm-hmm. No, it's it. McCaffrey's not playing. I like Mike Davis at eight, sheerly off of volume. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, you want to go ahead and go into the uh, second half of our, of our list here? Absolutely. Okay, so at eleven. And I do have this guy a little higher than the experts here. I got Leonard Fournette. You and I finally agree on yeah? a ranking. Oh, hey. We finally agree on a ranking. Look, he, he's got a decent matchup. And uh, let's be real. Tampa Bay needs to realize that they need to run the ball more. Like, I think. Yeah. Right. I think that that's something they had to be taught. Had to have been talking about practice this week. Hey, let's, let's get the run game involved better this week. Yes, I agree. Uh, at 12, I have DeAndre Swift. At 13, oh. Kareem Hunt. At 14, okay, and this is depends on injury situations here. At 14, currently I have Chase Edmonds, all right? I, I do realize that Kenyon Drake is expected to possibly play this week. If he does come back, he, it's going to be a game-time decision. 
which means that he'd probably be on some kind of snap count and Chase Edmonds would probably still out touch him, I think, based on what we've heard so far. Now, if they say that uh, Kenyon Drake is coming back, and he's going to be the starter. Obviously, that's going to change the stock for uh, Chase Edmonds and I'll drop. If they say Kenyon Drake isn't playing at all, I think Chase Edmonds has a real shot at being a top 10 running back. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. 15, I got Philip Lindsay. Um, I moved him quite a bit higher than the, than wow. the experts had him. But okay. I, like, I like him there. Uh, 16, Daryl Henderson. 17, um, Zach Moss. 18, G- uh, Giovanni Bernard. 19, Duke Johnson, and 20. Shout out to your Niners, Jared McKinnon. Don't shout out to my Niners nothing. This is going to be an ugly-ass fucking game. (laughs) Okay, so we agreed four and out of 11. Yes. I have Kareem Hunt and DeAndre Swift flipped. Okay. Um, at, At 14... I didn't even so, – so I originally, when I did my list yesterday and then saw all the injury concerns, I had Chase Edmonds at 14, and then I just removed him from my list completely. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I have – if we're trying to give fantasy advice in quotations, like trying to make a list out of people we don't know are going to play mm-hmm. is pretty hard. So, so I'm trying to uh, – So I'm playing against a guy this week who has both Chase Edmonds – and Kenyon Drake. Yes. Now he had Chase Edmonds starting against me originally. He has since moved and switched out uh, Chase Edmonds in favor of Kenyon Drake, even though Kenyon Drake still has that questionable tag. Uh, for everyone who might be listening that may be in a similar situation, how would you play? How would you play that situation? Because Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake are owned by a vast majority of uh, players. There's a very good chance that. Uh, a lot of guys that had Kenyon Drake have, have had 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 him paired up with Chase Edmonds as a handcuff. How do you handle that situation? So if I'm going, if Kenyon Drake is given the 100% green light mm-hmm. on Sunday before kickoff, the Cardinals have done absolutely nothing to show any of us that if Kenyon Drake's 100% a go, he's going to get majority of the fucking majority of the work no matter what Chase Edmond does with his limited touches. So yeah. <clears throat> I would be weary unless they come out and say he's 100%, he's ready to go. Um, but yeah, if I, if you were, if you were putting a gun to my head and forcing me to pick one of the two, if both were listed as healthy and playing in this game, yeah, I'd probably go Kenyon Drake because okay. Chase Edmonds did not really do much of anything in that last game where he was the featured starter to show any type of faith for that Arizona offense and Cliff Kingsbury that like, Oh no, this can be our number one, too. No. I'm okay with that. Um, okay. So uh, I think I interrupted you. I'll go ahead and continue hmm. your list there. So I re- like, like I said, I removed both Arizona Cardinal running backs out of my list. Right. So at 14, I have your boy playing against the Cardinals. Ah, Zach Moss. I have Zach Moss at 14. I, I love uh, – and you and I have been talking about it <clears throat> for a couple of weeks now. Zach Moss is increasingly getting more touches in that offense mm-hmm. and Singletary is losing them. I think this could be the nail in the coffin this week. As far as if Zach Moss can continue to produce, Devin Singletary will all but be an afterthought. Right. 
in, in that offense. And it's, you know, the one thing that Zach Moss has just such a big advantage over Devin Singletary is when they get into the red zone. And the yeah. Bills do move the ball quite a bit. They are a better offense in this league. They get to the red zone at least four or five times a Four, uh, four or five times a game, Zach Moss is going to always have two or three cracks at the, at the uh, end zone. Devin Singletary, he, for him to score a touchdown, he's going to have to punch it in from, you know, 20, 20 plus yards out. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so at 15, I have Daryl Henderson. Okay. At 16, I have Giovanni Bernard. Joe Mixon uh-huh. ruled out. Yes. He, he He's not playing, so – Bernard is the guy again. Yeah, it's a shitty matchup, it but is. Bernard. The volume will be there. Yes, yeah, the volume yeah. will be there for B, for like RB low and RB two numbers. Um, I have Jarek McKinnon at seventeen, Philip Lindsay at eighteen, J.K. Dobbins at nineteen, and then Duke Johnson at twenty. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have an issue with anything that you have on your list. Um, J.K. Dobbins. I know that uh, I believe Mark Ingram is still considered out. Correct? He's still. I, I know the, that it's, it was. He's getting closer to returning. But even if he does, I think there's enough. Because I mean, like, if if Ingram is listed as, if if, if he's a go this week, I think J.K. Dobbins will still have enough opportunity. <clears throat> in this game against new England that has not, they haven't been great on either in, in either aspect uh, defensively, they give up 143 on the ground per game averaging, mm-hmm. you know, and they give up enough during the, through the past too. I think, I think JK Dobbins could find himself, even with Ingram active could find himself low RB two high flex range type of start. So, okay. So I think J.K. Dobbins is the only one that we, we really disagree with on this list. Um, just because I haven't seen J.K. Dobbins do much. And the, the running back that has taken more advantage of the uh, gap left by Mark Gus Edwards has been Gus Edwards. Um, I believe it's, I believe it's, he's been four weeks, three games. One of them was a bye week, three games since uh, uh, they've been playing without Ingram and J.K. Dobbins has three points, 12 points, and four points, uh, which combines for 19 total points um, over those three games. Whereas Gus Edwards, who uh, the experts have rated about five slots lower, has had nine points, 15 points, and seven points. Uh, clearly uh, out, outshining J.K. Dobbins and has punched it into the red zone or into the end zone each of those three games has had at least one touchdown. So he's definitely a guy that they go to down by the goal line. If I have to take a, a Baltimore Raven back, I'm taking Gus Edwards over JK Dobbins. You can look at, you can, you can look at the fantasy stats over mm-hmm. those three games since Ingram has left. You got to also keep in mind, JK Gus Edwards is not a rookie. Gus Edwards has had tenure like in that Baltimore backfield alone. Right. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins is a rookie. Some rookies take a little bit of time to figure it out. And especially when you got a veteran like Mark Ingram who's heading that backfield and then fuck now he's out. Like J.K. Dobbins in week one is was almost looking like Gus Edwards is looking right now behind J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins had two touchdowns in week one. He, he looked great. Yeah. The, the, the guy who follows is, I mean, 
But doesn't it worry you that he has not had a single touchdown since? It. Whereas, whereas Gus Edwards has had a touchdown the last three games in a row. I, I just don't I, see I'm, a I, reason why I would say this is the week that J.K. Dobbins gets it together versus Gus Edwards. Because you look at not only the matchup, you look at you, you look at the matchup against New England, who have been mm-hmm. fairly bad against the run. Mm-hmm. They've been fairly bad. I mean, they've been bad at everything. Let's not even kind of question it. Right. Yeah, no, they have not been good at defending the run. And then I think this 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 was this was what a seven point line. I think this is this is a game that Baltimore is going to get up way early in, and then they're going to. They're, this is finally a game that they're going to find themselves in where they have to try and run the ball. I like J.K. Dobbins in this one to put out. I'm not saying high end RB two, low end RB one. I'm saying a low end RB two finds himself into the end zone this week, kind of figures his shit out. That's just that's my personal take on it. Listen to me or don't. I don't fuck. I I don't care. So let's one one other um, interesting uh, backfield situation going on right now is Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Now the expert we we both agreed on having Philip Lindsay ranked higher than Melvin Gordon. That was one thing that we were very uh, much in sync on. The the experts do not. The experts and Philip Lindsay is personally one of my sleeper picks while. Melvin Gordon is one of my bust picks and Melvin Gordon by the experts rated consensus 17. That's eight spots higher than Philip Lindsay. Why are the experts? Why, why do we think the experts are wrong? Give me your take take on this. Well, There's not going to be much argument here because you and I agree. I have Philip Lindsay as a sleeper. Melvin Gordon is my only bust listed this week at the running back position. Yeah. Okay. Philip Lindsay has been he, he's dealt with injuries the last couple of weeks came back played last week against uh Atlanta right yes had a horrible showing had a horrible showing but who had a worse showing he did he had he had the worst. he had two fantasy points no, was, okay yeah um, but let's let's talk about when, when you talk he out carried Melvin Gordon it wasn't significant, no. But he outcarried him. Yeah, it was, it was like eight to six carries. Right, correct. It was okay. And uh, Melvin Gordon had one reception, so it was essentially seven touches to eight touches. When you looked, when you went on, every time I like, I was flipping back to this game. Philip Lindsay was out there first and second down. Melvin Gordon, a lot of the times, lined up as the third down back. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to say because that game, they both were so bad. You know, Lindsay uh, scored two fantasy points. Melvin Gordon scored three. Um, It was, and when I say three, it was actually like, he had like a a half a point advantage over, over Melvin, um, over Philip Lindsay, like both did so bad last week, but, but, and here's why I have Philip Lindsay ahead of him. If you look at the three games before that, Philip Lindsay really consistently outperformed him, and he's doing been doing more on his touches than Melvin Gordon has. Melvin Gordon is trending in the wrong direction, whereas Philip Lindsay had a bad game and was otherwise been a fairly decent um, group of games the past four weeks. And it was so, a bad game coming off of an injury. Well, I, I mean, it was his fourth week in a row playing. You know, it's not like he was just recently hurt. 
Oh, okay. I may have been I may have been wrong on that. Okay. Um but okay, well hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. When we're talking about eight touches to seven, right? You and I agreed that we both count targets. Correct. As touches. Melvin Gordon had one target, brought it in for nine yards. Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay, while he had no catches, he had did three have targets. three targets. Yes. I I like I mean I mean, clearly I, they 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 were trying to get him a little bit more involved than Melvin Gordon. He's he's become the one A, I think. I think I think Denver made a mistake bringing Melvin Gordon on when there were other areas of your team that you could have improved when you had a guy like Philip Lindsay already. Mm-hmm. Um and even in the offseason when they when they brought Melvin Gordon on, I, Philip Lindsay was fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. I I, he, I think Philip Lindsay has shown enough cuz who who did he who did he split the backfield with last year? Um, it was Royce Freeman. Really? Yep. Okay. Wow. And Royce Freeman is a fucking nobody now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure he's still on the roster, mm-hmm. but he's like the third or fourth string running back now. He is also, by the way, the third string quarterback as well, which kind of random fact to throw out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh. Yeah, Philip Philip Lizzie's been the guy in Denver, and then Melvin Gordon came in. He had, you know, he had some early success uh, to a certain extent. The first four weeks, he had three pretty solid games, one dud. Uh, then they had their bye week, and um, and, you know, and Lindsay was really kind of hurt during those first four weeks. Uh, he got hurt after week one. He was pretty much out through the bye week, and then when he came back from the bye week, Melvin Gordon sat out a game. And Lindsay has more or less, I think, taken over the, the lion's share of that, of that committee. Cause it is still a committee. Um, so it, it's, it's not impossible to say that my, Melvin uh, Gordon won't have a better game. He could, I suppose, but nobody does with his touches. I don't believe but so. I don't think so either. And uh, give me the chance, the odds on uh, Phil Lindsay having the better game there. You also, you also got to remember too, last week when you're looking at the limited, Rushing attempts, the the Falcons were on top of the Broncos twenty to three at half. Correct. Correct. So when you're going into the second half and you're down seventeen points, a lot of times it is time to move away from the running game. Mm-hmm. Whereas this week they're going up against Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas, I, I do think they're the better team, but they have a better chance of of keeping it closer against Las Vegas and having the run game be more involved in the game script. So I do like that as well. Um, okay, any other sleepers or busts that you have? Um, one, one more sleeper. Like, okay. I, 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 like I, said, I have Duke Johnson. I have him in my top 20. Um, David Johnson went to the IR, so he's going to miss at least three games. Um, so that opens a lot of opportunity for Duke Johnson, yes. who has proven he can be capable. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, 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 during his time in the league. But one other sleeper I have is J.D. McKissick. Yeah, okay. J.D. McKissick is not – if you're in a standard format league, he's not the sleeper you're looking for. If you're in a PPR league, he's absolutely the dude you're looking for because Mm -hmm. when we talked about this Washington offense, and and especially in Alex Smith – 
right? Mm -hmm. Alex Smith has looked super uncomfortable. And I mean, sure, he hasn't played in two years. The last time, you know, he he had a start, his fucking leg almost killed him. I get it. You're going to be shaky. Fine. But his he goes to that dump off valve a lot. And it's not it's not Antonio Gibson who's out there. It's McKissick out there on pass catching downs. I think just last week alone, I think he had like nine receptions for like six, 60, 70 something yards. It was nine catches for 65 yards. And eight of those catches came yeah. from Alex Smith. Right. So it right. was, yeah, uh, I, I think you hit a spot on. If you're in a PPR league, JD McKissick makes a lot of sense to stream this week. He's an, I mean, even, even in nine, standard format, like nine nine receptions on fourteen targets, mind you, he's gonna have some enough pass volume that he is somewhat relevant. If you you know, like this week we got the the Cowboys on by, the Falcons on by, you Jeez. know, if you're the Chiefs on by, so we got a lot of running backs that are typically in that RB one to RB high RB two conversation. Uh, that are not playing this week. And so there's going to be a lot of people streaming for someone. J.D. McKissick is a very uh, good, you know, kind of shot in the dark type type of a stream play. Or if you, even even if you're playing in a PPR league and you have two, if you get two dudes at, at RB1, RB2 that are, you know, top 20 worthy, mm-hmm. grab and you're shaky at flex, go grab McKissick for a week. Throw him in there. See what happens in a PPR league. I mean, nine receptions on 14 targets alone is nine points. Yeah. Yeah. He had just in the receiving game through PPR, he had over 15 points just yeah. on receiving. Yeah. I think he, yeah, he would have finished like around 17, 18 points, but he's, he's uh, not going to be, he's game. not going to be a, he's not going to be a great rushing asset. That's Antonio Gibson's role in right. this offense, but Alex Smith, I, I, I especially at the end of, the, at the end of the game last week against the Giants where he got two late fourth quarter possessions and both times he threw interceptions over the middle of the field. I think he's going to be a little more, little more cautious and dump off to McKissick a little bit more. So if he's, if you're in a PPR league, he is not a bad streaming option this week. Yeah, I agree with that. Plus you also got to look at that game script uh, Detroit with uh Galladay out with uh, um, uh, Stafford coming off of uh, concussion protocol. I don't, I don't look at this game like, yeah, Detroit's going to come out of the gates firing on all cylinders. They're, they're not going to be putting up crazy amount of points. They're going to allow Washington to, to run a game strip that allowed them to keep their, their run game and their running backs involved, even if that does mean doing those short screen passes or short dump offs to the running back. So I like that too. Um, now I'm looking here at the list that I have. Uh, Gio Bernard, we were talking about him. He was one of my sleepers. I haven't ranked higher than the experts. Um, and we talked about my bus, Melvin Gordon was one, the other one, Kenyon Drake, even if he does start, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the play for Kenyon Drake. Um, anyone else that you got? No. Yeah. I mean, we, we covered everyone on my list. Sweet. That means it is time to move on to the wide receivers. So everyone stay tuned. That is coming up next. Welcome back everyone. Time to talk about the wide receivers. Tyler, give me your top 10. All right. Number one, mm-hmm. Devontae. No question. No question there. Uh, number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Three, Stephon Diggs. Four, DK. Five, Keenan Allen. 
six Allen Robinson, seven Michael Thomas, eight Will Fuller, nine Terry McLaurin, and ten Robert Woods. I understand that there's probably going to be some mix up between our lists because I am a lot less high on one person who is rated in the top six by the consensus, and I'm just not a buyer. Okay. We have the same top 10, just, yeah, like like it's been the trend all night, different order. Um, one, Devontae Adams, so we agree yeah. on that. Two, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Three, DK Metcalf. Okay, all right. Four, Keenan Allen. Oh. Five, Stefan Diggs. Okay. Six, and this is where I think we we disagree here. Ter- I it's do McLaurin. like Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yeah. no, right. you, you shouldn't. Okay, go ahead. Um, seven, Will Fuller. Eight, Michael Thomas. Nine, Allen Robinson. Ten, Robert Woods. Okay. I. Was there anyone that we didn't? No, we we agree. We have the same on, guys, right? We, yeah. we we all have the same guys in a different order. Um, <clears throat> surprised you're a little less high on Stefan as opposed to some of the recent weeks. Uh, so, all right. So, first of all, it's hard for me to put – I kind of view DK Metcalf as being kind of that that top three receiver now. Like, I think he's kind of entered that stra- uh, that status where Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf is right after that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then, you know, it kind of came down to between Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs, and – they both have pretty even matchups when you look at what the defenses they're facing have done for, for wide receivers. And I looked at Keenan Allen. He is really the go-to guy for Justin mm-hmm. Herbert more so than Stefan Diggs is for Josh Allen. Cause Josh Allen went with having John Brown back. Sure. Um, Josh Allen does have a few more uh, passing options. So for that reason, I, I did give Keenan Allen the nod over Stefan Diggs, but um, I, I do I, I don't really see any reason why um, I'd be upset with ranking stuff on Diggs above those sure, guys. Sure. It makes sense. Sure. Uh, where we, the biggest disagreement we have here is Terry McLaurin. Um, and I mean, I get it like backup quarterback. We'll see. We'll see. Um, here, here's, here's where my problem with McLaurin comes in. It's not that McLaurin can't be a number one, right? Uh, it's his, sporadic inconsistency at the position and sure some of that does have some of that does have to be played into who's playing quarterback Mm -hmm. through eight games terry mclaurin has only finished in the top 10 three times true he's finished those other times has finished 42 37 18 70 and 33 yeah, that seventy he's, was was the the week. I think we made that side bet too. That was <laughs> how it hurt. He's so <laughs> it's so sporadic, and I think I think those two consecutive fourth quarter drives against the Giants last week is going to it's going to give pause to Alex Smith to try and push the ball over the right. middle of the field. Um, that's why I'm a lot higher on like a guy like McKissick. If you're talking about Washington um, and Washington doesn't pull a lot of names that are fantasy relevant. Um, I mean, you can, but you cannot make the argument that the target share isn't there. The lowest amount of targets he's had in a game this season was he's seven twice. Right. 
10, target, 8, yeah, the, 14, yeah. 12, 11. Yeah. Like he's, the, he's been getting targeted. It's the target share is absolutely there. What's really killing him on the, the fantasy point statistic. His yardage has been pretty good too. He's had only one game this year where he's caught uh, less than 60 yards. And that was week five yeah. against the Rams. He had yeah. one game of 61. Everything else is 74 yards or above. So the yardage is there. What's killing him is he has he has had a hard time finding the end zone, um, and the big games he's had this year where he's finished in the top ten, what has been the common denominator? He's he found he's found the end zone. Um, so it's you know it's a question of is he going to be able to, to find it? And I, I do think that if Washington gets close to to, uh, to scoring, they are going to target him in this one, um, just because the the uh, lions are are going to allow that opportunity so um I, I i agree with you that's why i didn't drop him out of my top 10 right, right um he is a bust pick for me based off of where the consensus has him and you look at his you you look at his season stats and you look at where he's finished i could easily see him being a top 10 finish i could also easily see him being outside of the 20 because he's it's, proven yeah. that it's either one or the other. And it's, you know, and again, it's um, the, you, what you're saying is hundred percent correct, but it, the, there is a little bit of mislead there in the sense that he is being consistent with targets and yardage. And uh, we are talking about standard scoring here. That's what we're going off of. Yep. Those numbers will look very different. If we're looking at PPR, sure. Um, sure. He, would, he would be, it'd be a lot more favorable. Um, but but this since we are talking about standard scoring, um, we do have to look at the fact that he struggled to get into the end zone, and that is a factor, and that is what, what has been driving that that inconsistency in his weekly finishes. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm okay with I'm okay with where you have him. Um, absolutely. Uh, after that, uh, after Terry at uh, six, I had Will Fuller at seven. I really like, I really like that matchup. I, I love Will Fuller's matchup. Yeah. Against Cleveland, I I, I think the, I I had Michael Thomas above him mm-hmm. because of who the Saints are playing. Um, maybe if Sherm was lining up for San Francisco this week, I'd have him a little bit lower. But no, the Saints are facing a secondary completely full of backups, and Michael Thomas. Has I mean I I have my own gripes about him when you start to make the case as to whether he's a top like top three wide receiver in the NFL, um, but I mean he he gets yards he 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 makes plays enough against elite defenses and I th- I think he's gonna eat I think I think there's a case to be made where Michael Thomas could find himself back in the top five conversation into this week. Um, uh, I'm not as high on him this week, but I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, but I do love, there's two guys in, the, in our back half of the top 10 that I love their matchups. And one of them was Will Fuller. The other one is Robert Woods. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Robert Woods against Seattle. That, that, that is, that is a juicy, juicy matchup for him. Um, you know, Seattle is just, you can't even say enough about how bad they've been stopping the pass this year i think cooper cup is the better overall receiver when you talk about cooper cup 
versus Robert Woods. Where that difference lies, and we've we've mentioned it multiple times, is the fact that Robert Woods gets involvement in the run game. Right. Um, and Robert Woods, last year, Robert Woods had three touchdowns all season long. He had yeah. kind of one of those statistical anomaly years for him uh, where he and only uh, one of them was rushing, two of them were receiving. This year, he has already had six touchdowns through eight games. So he is obviously someone that they are targeting and finding success in, in the end zone. And he has been able to have some pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid numbers so far this year um, for a guy that was probably taken somewhere in the fifth or sixth round of your, of your fantasy draft this year. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, he's produced very well and he is getting targets. He has had at least five targets every single game this, uh, this year. On top of having, um, he's only had one game where he has not had a rush attempt. Only one. Yeah. He's had multiple rush attempts on one, two, three, four, five games. So, yeah, I like I like what Roberts can do. But you're right about Cooper Cup. I do think that he is the more talented uh, receiver, route runners for sure. Um, so, anyway, anything else you want to talk about in this top ten section? No, let's go ahead and get into the back half of it. Perfect. So who do you got? All right. At number 11, I have Adam Thielen. Number 12, I have Robbie Anderson. 13, I have Cooper Cup. 14, I have Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to pause you real quick. I have the exact same thing, but I flip-flopped 11 and 12, and then I flip-flopped 13 and 14. Okay, sure. So yeah, we're, we're pretty much on the same page here. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, 15, I have Tyler Lockett. 16, I have DJ Chark. Another flip-flop. <laughs> 17, I have Mike Evans. Okay. 18, I have Chase Claypool. 19, Tyler Boyd. And at 20, I have Justin Jefferson. All right. So we are we are very close here. Um, let me run you through your mind. The, the first uh, six picks here, it's the same guys just flip-flop. So – uh, I know that uh, 11, you had Thielen, and 12, you had Anderson. I flip-flopped those two. So I have Robbie Anderson at 11, Thielen 12. At 13, I have Brandon Cooks, 14, Cooper Cup. At 15, I have DJ Chark. And at 16, I have Tyler Lockett. He is my big bust for the week. He Me was too. rated in the top 10 for the experts' consensus ranking. Uh, you, know you know who Tyler Lockett reminds me of? Is He is the, the wide receiver equivalent of Kenyon Drake. I, and I thought about that. Then I looked at their actual numbers. They have had almost the exact same identical production this year, which is they've had one major game, about 28 points. They've had two games above 10, which was like, I think it was like around 12 points, and then five games in the single digits. Like it is incredible how close their statistics are this year. And Tyler Lockett has just has not been able to prove he can be a, a consistent a uh, consistent uh, threat for, I mean, he's a threat every week, but he's not uh, a producer every week. Not the way DK Metcalf is. Yeah, DK Metcalf has clearly taken over wide receiver one in that Seattle offense. Sure. I, I was with you on that argument until you said Kenyon Drake, because Kenyon Drake doesn't have a dude throwing up monster numbers opposite of him. I, I mean, I, I understood where you were going with it. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying from a fantasy statistical equivalent, it's it's eerie. It's eerie how sure. similar their stats are this year. 
All right, well, Chase um, Edmonds does not have DK Metcalf stats. No, he so. does not. No, he does not. Uh, okay, at 17, I had Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. 18, I think you had Mike Evans. Um, I had Mike Evans at 17. Okay, I have Chris Godwin. I'm, I'm going with Godwin. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, it was a coin flip for me too. Yeah. It's just it was who was more productive with all of them on the field. And last week, you could make a case it was Evans. Yes. I mean, he, he was. Uh, not by a margin, though, that makes you think that it, it isn't going to be. Chris Godwin throughout the season when they both have been on the field has been the more favored targeted receiver. So that's why I want Chris Godwin. Um, okay. 19, I have Tyler Boyd. Yep. And at 20, I believe you had Jefferson. Yes. I have Travis Fulgham. Okay, Fulgham's one of my sleepers. Um, here and I want to say this: my bust this week, and I'm not saying Jefferson is a bust, but one of Adam Thielen or uh, Jefferson is going. Justin Jefferson is going to be a bust just because I do not see the the Bears, and I do think Jefferson ranks you know right in the ballpark of top twenty. I do not see the Bears giving up top twenty performances to two receivers. To one, yes, but to two, no. So I am nervous about one of the two. Um, I think Adam Thielen has the better shot at being being the guy, but I don't think that both of them are going to have um, top 20 performances this week. I would be shocked yeah. if they did. I, I agree. Justin Jefferson on the consensus comes in at 21. <clears throat> and I think you're right. I think it'll be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> But if you're sitting in a situation where you're hurting at wide receiver two flex, I don't think Justin Jefferson is a horrible play. He's, I mean, the dude has been one of the more productive rookie wide receivers this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's between, between CD and Jerry Judy Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager. I don't think any of one of them have a number one finish. But Justin um, Jefferson does. Justin Jefferson does. But you know yeah. who's been the most consistent out of that? Well, not, not necessarily out of that bunch, but one rookie receiver who has been the most consistent out of all of them has been Travis Fulgham. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, the, and, and Fulgham is a sleeper of mine. For me, for me going into this week, and I have Fogum as a sleeper because you're looking at the names that uh, that Philly's getting back in the passing game. Mm-hmm. They're getting Alshon back. They're mm-hmm. getting Jalen Rager back and Dallas Goddard back. So that's three dudes. People are going to forget about Travis Fogum. I think he has the potential to where, where the, they have him at 26 in the consensus. Right. I'd say he's an easy, an easy top 25 finish. Yeah. And you could make the argument that he creeps his way into the top 20. Yeah. He, he has been top <clears throat> 20. Um, he, okay. He's really only played five games this year. I, the three games, uh, the first three games of the season, he didn't register any stats. So, uh, he really only played five games this year of those five games. He only had one finish outside the top 20. That was week seven against the giants. And he still had 11 targets, five catches and 73 yards. He just didn't, 
didn't get into the end zone. The only game this year he has not gotten the end zone where he's actually played. Um, Travis Fulgham has been has been a stud. He has been a flat out stud so far. Um, but looking back at our lists here, uh, how do you feel about Jerry Judy this week? He's one of my sleepers. What, what do you think about him? Um, he didn't make our top twenty list, but I, he shouldn't. He's a shot either. at it. He shouldn't. He's had one top 10 finish mm-hmm. and that was last week. Um, I mean, even before that, he only had one top 20 finish before that game. Uh, and that was against the jets. Um, I, I think he's, I mean, obviously you look at the last two games, his targets have gone up significantly. Correct. He had 10 in week eight, 14 targets in week nine. Right. <clears throat> Where Drew Locke has liked to go with the ball, especially in scoring situations, it has been to the, their, the second string tight end. And for the life of God, I'm never going to be able to pronounce Olga. He, yeah, I know. yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> He's out for the rest of the year. He tore his ACL. He's done. I would expect this to be. I think this is the week where Noah Fant investors will probably pay off more than most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I also have to believe that Denver is going to try to control this game through, through the run game. And that's not even like Jerry Judy is listed as questionable going into this game. He, he, he with a shoulder injury, uh, like, I mean, early reports saying he's probably going to play, but they're also getting Tim Patrick back in the passing game. And Tim Patrick was a big target favorite. Yeah. And, Drew and, Locke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, end zone. Shout end zone target guy. Yeah. I, 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 I would be willing to bet that Jerry Judy's target share gets, almost damn near gets cut in half this week with Tim Patrick coming back onto the field. So a couple other guys uh, that I think that people should keep an eye on. And one of them is a guy that I don't think anyone expected to be in the range that he's in currently, but given where he was getting drafted and that is um, Jarvis Landry. He's currently at 33 in the consensus rankings. Has a really nice matchup against Houston. Um, but I'll tell you this. He was he was on our waiver wire at the start of our week in our money league. And I looked at it, and I didn't pick him up. I just I couldn't pull the trigger on him. Um, do you think, and ironically, the person I'm playing against did do it and they actually started. They're actually starting him. He's had one game of 10 points this, this year in standard format everything else has been single digits is this a game he breaks out is this is he a sleeper this week i think the potential's there but when you're talking about a cleveland team that has struggled without nick chubb i think this is going to be a game where you see the running game becoming more of an asset to open up that play action game which is where Baker Mayfield is most successful. Um, I, the potential is definitely there I agree. for Jarvis to have a top 20 finish. Um, 
but I also agree that his ranking is fair. And I do too. I my, my my opinion on his ranking is not about his skill set or what he brings as a receiver because the dude was a reception monster in Miami. It's merely who's playing quarterback for you, and Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. He's not. Um, Jarvis Landry, I think, has among the highest uh, ceilings of the guys in front of him, but also among the lowest floors, making him more a true a true boomer bust type player. Um, for for my sake, I hope he busts. Okay, the other guy that I want I want to talk about here uh, comes from your team. It's your boy, Brandon okay. Ayuk. Yeah. How, how do you feel he, about him? He is also one of my sleepers. Okay. And it's not – I'm not basing it off of it's, – it's not off of – I'm not basing this one off of potential. Brandon Ayuk is a fantastic athlete. Mm-hmm. And given – once San Francisco gets healthy and they get correct again, I think he's going to be a – him and Ayuk and Debo Samuel – fucking wide receiver package is going to be a lot to deal with in the NFL. Unfortunately, that's not an option. They are shattered all over the field. And at some point, somebody's got to get the goddamn ball. Somebody like at some point, somebody has to get the ball. And there, I have two sleepers at two different positions this week that it's got to be one of the two of them. I have Ayuk at the wide receiver position. Given his versatility, being able and not just in the passing game, but also being able to be contribute in the running game, much like Debo does, and Debo being on the IR, that doesn't help. So let me ask you a question. This is a starter sit question, okay? Um, for my fantasy team, I have okay. I have Travis Fulgham, Robert Woods, DJ Chark. And Brandon Ayuk. I can only play three of them. Who do you sit out of those four? You gotta you gotta sit Ayuk. You have to. Yeah. It's I mean Robert Woods is the no doubt starter. Mm -hmm. DJ Chark, given off of what what he did last week. DJ Chark didn't have a great rapport with with Minshew at quarterback. No, no, not at all. But but this Luton kid loves him and loved him early mm-hmm. with the 73 yard touchdown. On like I loved him. Lo- loved him long time. He did. Yeah. And then, so the, the toss up comes between Travis Fulgham and Brandon Ayuk and with Ayuk, his ceilings higher because you got to think about it, like who else is there to get the goddamn ball? Like you've got Kendrick Bourne coming back this week, mm-hmm. okay. You got McKinnon out of the backfield. All right. You got Jordan Reed as your tight end one now. Okay. Ayuk is the more proven pass catcher on that team right now. Right. But when you're looking at Fulgham, I I truly believe Alshon hasn't played a game since la- mid season of last year. Alshon's going to be on a snap count. Yes, and Fulgham is still the wide receiver one in that offense for yes. the time. Until someone comes into – there's no reason to be upset with the production he's made either. He's produced like a wide receiver one 
Yes. There's no reason to believe he's going to lose it because of someone else coming back. For my own selfish reasons, I, I love IU. I love this fucking kid. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch this dude play on an actually healthy team next year. Correct. But no, he would be the one out of those four that I would bench. Yes. Um, so we're going to, so was there anyone else, anyone else here that you wanted to discuss from the wide receiver list? I think the wide receiver position looks very deep this week. There's a lot of options that yes. we can go with. Um, yeah. And there's a couple guys we haven't even mentioned, like T. Higgins, who could have a nice week. T. Higgins um, is one of my other sleepers. Yeah. But, I mean, I also feel like this is going to be a rough day for, for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. I, I think the production will be there for one of three wide receivers, be it between Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and A.J. Green. I'm hedging my bets. It's Tyler Boyd. Me too. I am as well. Um, one thing that is surprising is that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have actually given up um, quite a bit of fantasy points to wide receivers this season. They're a, they're a bottom 10 team when it comes to containing fantasy wide receivers. That's, that's, that was surprising because, because they're good against quarterbacks. So that doesn't even really add up to me. Right. Um, but uh, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming it means they're taken away from the tight end position and they're limiting running backs and what they can do. Um, but there's definitely potential for a wide receiver to have a big game against the Steelers. Well, you got to think too, like they're dominant in the front seven. Mm-hmm. Their best player in the secondary is Minka, Fitz, Minka right. Fitzpatrick, who's a safety. Correct. So that safety is taking away the tight ends, right. right? The the biggest question mark the Steelers have on the defensive side of the ball is their corners. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, the, the potential is there. I'm just – I have – I think it's going to be a really rough day for Joe Burrow because their O-line is so bad. And the Steelers' D line is so fucking good. It is, it really is. So, speaking of which, it is time to go from wide receivers to our tight ends, and that is coming up next. Everyone, stick around. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to talk about the tight end position. <laughs> and Tyler, uh, are you all right, Tyler? Let's roll. Let's, let's do roll. it, good yeah. buddy. All right, yeah, let's roll. That's Those are the words I was given right before you hit record. Let's roll. Uh, nothing wrong with those words. Every dad's got to use them. Dad language. That's dad language. Um, tight ends, give me your top. Give me your top six. Okay, because as if we didn't just discuss... Six, a very, very interesting number to pick. It's okay. half a 12. You did top 12. It's half a 12. You know, that makes sense. We didn't do that for the quarterbacks, but all right. Interesting. All right. So, number one, I have Darren Waller. And number two, I have Noah Fan. Number three, TJ Hawkinson. At four, Mark Andrews. At five, I have Gronk. And six, I have Dallas Goddard. Okay. So, at one, I have Darren Waller as well. Uh huh. The two, uh, you have TJ Hawkinson. I do, yes. Uh, three, Noah Fant. I look, I, I I see a path to being number two for either one of these guys. Noah Fant, obviously the backup tight end that was stealing touches from him, stealing targets from him, is not going to be there. T. 
TJ Hawkinson, he, though he is going to be the the primary red zone um, threat for the Lions when they're passing. Both tight ends have a clear path to to that number two finish. At four, I do have Dallas Goddard. Five, I have Gronk. And six, and I, I didn't even want to put him this high, but Mark Andrews. I. I am not sold on Mark Andrews at all anymore. I've I've lost my faith in Mark Andrews. I mean, you're not the only one. Apparently, yeah. Lamar has too because his fucking target share has diminished. Yes. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, you, you remember last week we talked about how he hadn't topped 58 yards all year long. Yeah. Well, he went ahead and showed us wrong by <laughs> putting up 22. <laughs> yeah. <boo. laughs> um, he has had three finishes in the top five. I mean, you look at week one, everything looked like it was going going to go great. He was top top tight end in week one. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, all right, all right. He's going to – it was worth I made it. a it good was, choice yes. take, taking him in the third round. Right. Um, and then – Week four, he was the three. Week five, he was the number four uh, tight end. Other than that, he has been outside the top 20 every single week. And he has not been inside the top 20 in the past three consecutive games. And against the New England defense, who is, uh, you know, look, there, there's a lot of things wrong with this New England team. Their ability to stop tight ends is not one of them. That's actually something they're very good at doing. So it's a bad matchup. I he, he's been underwhelming. I do not like Mark Andrews at all this week. I have to put him in top six just because he is going to have as much volume as any other receiver that's below him. Um, and he, you know, he's always a threat to get a, to, to get a score um, in a game. So for that reason alone, there's this kind of potential ceiling factor that i have to keep him at six but i hate his floor i hate his floor yeah no he hasn't been impressive whatsoever in games that he did not score a touchdown in um but the same case could be made for just about every motherfucker on this list yeah like the tight end position has become so goddamn thin outside of travis kelsey like george kill is almost falling into that conversation yeah. Outside of Travis Kelsey, there's no dominant tight end in the passing game. No, but there are a couple of guys who are at least somewhat consistent. Darren um, Waller is one. Darren Waller. Darren Waller is one, yes. Um, but actually, who's been even more consistent than Darren Waller is TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, look at his numbers. Uh, he has he's been up there. Um, he's getting work done. I mean, he's only finished outside of the top 20 once this season. So that's right. That's a nice thing to see, especially when you're talking about the tight end position where it's just like, dude, when you, when you, a lot of guys. Hawkinson has a much safer floor than Mark Andrews. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Like I'd say Hawkinson has a much safer floor than most tight ends in the NFL. Like this week, he might have the safest floor because Travis Kelsey is not playing. I'd say Darren Waller has a safer floor. I'd make that argument. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. If not one, he has the second safest floor. 
Darren Waller's had a one-point outing and a three-point outing, which uh, TJ Hawkinson has not had. But Darren TJ Hawkinson hasn't been fucking stumbling off the field a couple of times this year like Darren Waller has. That's yeah, true. So I it's, I I yeah. like I love both of I love Hawkinson. I love Waller this week, but I, I like I like Noah Fan a little bit more because that OB whatever the fuck his name whatever his name is is no longer in there stealing all of Fan's fucking all of his fucking targets. Now if this now whoever their third string tight end Jake Butt I don't know maybe that's him <laughs> if he comes in and starts taking all Noah Fan's targets I swear to you I'm driving to Denver and I'm kicking John Elway in his fucking horse teeth. Okay, all right, fair. But no, Noah Fant should have a much better week. He should have the week that people who drafted him anticipated him on having, not so much on a regular basis such as a high, but like like we need to see a floor. Like in standard scoring, three points from the tight end position is not cutting it. And guess what? Both of my tight ends do it, and I have Hunter Henry as well. And fuck that guy. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to the second half of our list, uh, starting at number seven. Yeah. Uh, so fuck that guy. I also have him at seven. Hunter no, Henry. you don't. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I have him at seven. I have Evan uh, Ingram at eight. Austin Hooper at nine. Okay. See, you're saying that. You're saying that. that No, you don't, because I have one person dropped outside of my top 10 on my list and is my bus pick. Okay. I have is I Ingram at eight, Austin Hooper at nine, Eric Ebron at 10, Jared Cook at 11. Okay. Mike Kosicki at 12. All right. All right. So here is who I have at seven, Evan Ingram at eight, Eric Ebron at nine, Jared Cook at 10, Austin Hooper at 11, Mike Kosecki. At 12, Robert Tanyan. Hunter Henry fell out of your graces. He did. Wow. He did. All right. He has not scored more than three points in three consecutive weeks. Okay. No, he I, has, do- I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, I mean, the first couple of games of the season, seven-point outing, eight-point outing, does not impressive, but he was getting yardage, right? 70 some odd yards, 80, 80 some odd yards. Okay. And then after that, everything went downhill. Um, he has not, after week two, he's had one 50 yard game and he has not eclipsed 40 yards in every other game. The last five games in a row, he has not gone over 40 yards in a single game. Hit, uh, the, yeah. arg- the argument to make for Henry, though, is his volume. Yes, the target volume. Target volume. Volume yes. hasn't gone away. It's something has to give at some point. Keenan Allen can't do everything. Eventually, he's got to find the end zone a couple more times. Okay. That's what's keeping me from cutting him. He's not in my starting lineup this week, but it's what's keeping me from cutting him. I I could see why you would have I don't know, maybe Ingram, Hooper, Gusecki above him. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking off matchup based, like, dude, there's no, I, I don't understand how he fell out of your 12. 
just don't have him there. I, I, I don't know what it is, but he has disappeared in the, in, in the end zone. It's like, well, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't hurt you. That's, that's, that's the, you, you gotta keep, you gotta keep the faith. He's hurt me for three straight seasons, man. Like, every year supposed to be the year and it's just yeah. not. No, and then I, the, I ended up taking him this year in the one type of league you don't want him in. And that's standard scoring format. Correct. Yeah. But, he, he probably is, you know, in PPR he's probably doing better than what we're looking at. So, um, so, yeah. so I, I want to hear, a, I have two sleepers at this okay. position. Uh, well, no, I want to hear your sleepers. Okay, sure. Because I, I think at least one of our, one of my two will match. Okay. So I know we already talked about the bus, Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry. Those are mine. Uh, so my sleepers then Logan Thomas and Jimmy Graham. Okay. I was about to say, I'm good. We, we at least hit on one of the two, mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham. I, I mean, I don't have faith in any part of the Chicago offense. I mean, Jimmy Graham has the opportunity to secure at least one red zone touchdown every week. He's the guy who they're looking for if they get the ball within 15 yards of the goal line. Yeah. You know, he has four five touchdowns this year. Correct. On the season. Um his yardage total, I mean, I mean, shit. <laughs> then you look at his target volume, too. He had yeah. one one dud in week two where he had yep. only one target. He's had over five targets every every game, and most of them it's closer to that, like, 7-8 range. Yeah, Jimmy Graham um, is definitely the number two passing option behind Allen Robinson. Right. So, I, I and going up against Minnesota, that's horrible against the pass. No, I, I – I, I like Jimmy Graham to possibly bust into that top 12. Yeah, I do too. The other, the, the other sleeper I had, and then we'll, uh, we'll circle back to Logan Thomas for you. Uh, Jordan Reed. And I covered it in the last segment. <clears throat> it's not so much based off of uh, who you are or what you can produce or who you are athletically. Um, it's somebody has got to get the goddamn ball. Yeah. Somebody has to. Yeah. Jordan Reed had two touchdowns in week two. He sure did. Yeah. And and Kittle is out. Kittle's gone for the rest of the fucking season. So I it's got it's got the ball's gotta get to somebody. Like Nick Mullins at the end of last week's game, which was just a nightmare to watch. Mm-hmm. He fucking like he was he was targeting Dwelly. All right, so Nick Mullins likes going to his tight ends. Dwe- Ross Dwelly being the third string tight end in San Francisco. Now Jordan Reed coming back into the fold. Jordan Reed could very very well have a garbage time touchdown, 60, 70 yards. Who fucking knows? If you're streaming a tight end and nobody we listed is available, Jordan Reed's not a horrible play. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. Um Logan Thomas too, uh, you know, it's a good matchup against a bad, against a fairly bad defense, and he has also had a pretty consistent target share, at least four targets every single game this year, and he hasn't always produced on that, 
but he has been able to at least be consistently looked at. So I'll give Logan Thomas again, if you're streaming for someone, uh, he has as much sleeper potential as anyone out there. Sure. Yeah. You're, no, just, I, you're just worried about the quarterback play in that, on that, yeah. in that situation. That's, that's the big thing that worries you uh, with Logan Thomas. Yeah. Um, if you have a QB one, like uh, let's say a, uh, even a Hunter Henry, I, I, st- I play Hunter Henry over a Logan Thomas, but um, if you don't have anyone, like if you had Hayden Hurst, for example, and he's not playing this week and you had to stream with someone, Logan Thomas wouldn't be a horrible look. No. Yeah. No, uh, that, that'd be a fine one week streaming option. Yes. Um, any, any busts that we haven't gone over that you'd like to discuss? Jared Cook. Okay. Jared Cook. I think, well, hold on. Let me, let me just pull it up again real quick. Jared Cook in the consensus is rated at nine. Yes, he is. Not a, that's not a bad ranking considering his matchup. San Francisco does not do a lot right. Right now with how banged up they are. They guard and have guarded the tight end position very well this season. Very well. Like a lot of dudes that have come in, like these top tier type of tight ends that have come up against this, like like a Zach Ertz, you know, coming in like he's, oh, we're going to slip through. No, the tight end position has not been where San Francisco has been able to get beat because Fred Warner has been fucking, been the one disrupting all that fucking pass, fucking all that pass bullshit to the tight end position. Um, I think it, I like and like I said, I think his rating at nine is fair. Mm-hmm. I just I wouldn't be starting him, and I, I get it. That sounds like, well, you're a San Francisco fan. You're you're no, you, if you're strictly looking at who is probably going to be covering Jared Cook most of the time, whether it be Fred Warner or Jimmy Ward. Those two collectively have been able to quiet the tight end position throughout this year, no matter how badly banged up that team has been. Um, so Cook falls out of the top 10 for me, even though he's rated at nine. That is my bust. Do you have a bust, sir? I already gave you mine. Um, oh, Henry and fucking uh, Andrews. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're right. So. No that being me, said, let's take a quick peek at defense and special teams. We're not going to break down a list or anything like that. Um, here's a question for you. We have Pittsburgh playing against Cincinnati, and we have Baltimore playing against New England. Those are the consensus top two um, defenses. They've actually uh, flip-flopped on the consensus in the last couple of days. Which defense do you like more in this one, Baltimore, Baltimore. or Steelers? Baltimore. Because Cincinnati has a capable quarterback, mm-hmm. the the Patriots don't. Um, I mean, regardless, I, I, either way, you are those are no doubt. You're starting. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, it, there's no question. Yeah. You keep running down this list. You're looking at Philly. Yeah, you're going to start him against Daniel Jones, yeah. who, as we pointed out in the last segment when we were picking our Week Ten matchups. Daniel Jones has turned has at least one turnover in 20 of his last 22 games. Right. Um, Green Bay. I mean, 
it hasn't been great defensively, but you got to like the matchup. Yeah. And it does look like Jair Alexander is trending towards playing. Um, well, that is, that is most likely going to be a game time decision. Obviously, um, that would be, especially when you got a guy in Jacksonville like DJ Chark, who just had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, if Jair plays, that, that'll be a huge boost for the Packers defense. Um, so that's something that is something to watch. Uh, if you're, if you, if you're, contemplating playing the green bay defense here's here's a uh an underrated streamer that you might look at this week the new york giants against philadelphia Hmm. um philadelphia bleeds points away to to the other team through a combination of allowing sacks and uh giving up turnovers i think it could happen again um this isn't, you know, I don't look at the Giants as being, you know, likely to get double digit uh, defensive points. I'm not saying they're going to have a huge game like that, but I, I would, I would be very, um, I think, confident in saying I see them falling between like a five to 10 fantasy point performance, which when you're talking about a defensive stream, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good looking option there. So Giants should be available in most leagues. And against Philly, who bleeds points away to to opposing defenses, I, I don't. And the Giants do have a capable pass rush. I, I like that one. So I'll give I'll give you one streaming option a little bit deeper on that one. Okay. To close out the podcast, this defense has finished 25, 31, 10, 27, 12, 18, 27, and twenty-five. But their matchup is tasty as fuck. Okay. The Detroit Lions against the Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you can't look good against the New York Giants or legitimately against anybody that you play and you've got a shaky dude at quarterback who's – you even get any some any form of pressure on him as we've seen over his last two games that he's played in, he gets rattled. He gets rattled quick too. Yeah. And he, uh, he tucks that ball. He tucks that ball a lot. You know, um, when second, that pocket starts to collapse and his first or second options aren't, aren't open. He, he really tucks that ball. I could definitely see the lions getting some sacks and the lions, as much as their defense has been maligned this year, their secondary does have some ball hawks in it that can mm-hmm. that can pick the ball off. Um, uh, yeah, well, the rookie there. Yeah, um, it's yeah. They're they're not a, a terrible streaming option. Um, one one other one, and you're probably going to disagree with me on this, but Baltimore has not been great offensively this year. The Patriots have not been awful defensively this year. They have yet to have a negative scoring game. They have yet to have a negative scoring game. They yielded 33 points to a second string team. Yeah, and they still got four points out of that game. Because Jimmy Garoppolo threw two interceptions. Right, and you're telling me Lamar Jackson won't throw interceptions? I'm not. He may not. He may not be pushed into that situation because all they're going to have to do is run the fucking football. Look, the Patriots. Oh, they have God. yet to have a negative output. 
And that is something when you're talking about streaming a deep option for, no. uh, yeah. I would start the Patriots rather than leave my bench blank if I don't have a defense to roll with this this week. And no, it ain't it. It ain't it, bud. It's not. I think there's a better chance that Dwayne Haskins plays quarterback tomorrow than New England finishes a top 10 defense. I'm not saying they're going to be a top 10 defense. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're going to be a net positive defense. They're going to score positive points. So, so we, uh, I'm saying if I don't have, look, the top 10 defenses are all going to most likely be taken. In okay. Most so teams what? That top are 10 15? or 12 deep, right? I'm so talking about a streaming option. Okay. Streaming option here. Okay. You're, you're the defense you do have isn't playing this week or whatever. You got to have someone, or you can leave the, or you can leave the spot bank. Some, some players, some fancy players choose to leave their defense blank when, when they don't have someone to play. If your only option is New England, leave your fucking slot blank. I, I strongly disagree with that. Strongly disagree with that. New England will, will fetch you points that will not get you negative points. Okay. So is this what our side bet weekly six fucking pack bet is going to be on? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I bet the Patriots finish at zero points or below. Okay. You have to take them at one point or above. That's deal. Okay. That is a deal. I will take them at one point or above. Yeah. I, I do not have faith in the Patriots on in any facet of the goddamn it's football in general. They're really bad at it now. They were good yeah. at it for 20 years and now they're really bad at it again. They have given up uh over 20 points in six games. This six out of the eight games they've played, they've given up more than 20 points. They've yet to have a negative scoring output in fantasy. Okay. They gave up 35 points. I didn't say I ah uh, uh, uh. If we close this shit out, I said zero points and below. I didn't say negative. I get them at zero. Sure. They haven't had a zero. They've The lowest they've scored is three. Okay. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the week. This is going to be the week, huh? All right. This is going to be the week where they fl- they either bottom out at zero or go negative. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. This will be our, our weekly side bet then. I like it. Um, anything else that you see defensively? No, no, I'm, I'm good, man. This has been a fun episode. Absolutely, I'm absolutely. Super excited to watch football tomorrow. I my kid too. comes home tomorrow. I'm, I'm tomorrow's gonna be a good day. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm very excited for the games. Um, there's, there's like five or six games uh, coming up tomorrow that that look really exciting. I think it'd be a great matchup. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully everyone listening, hopefully you guys are too. And uh, uh, what you gained some kind of insight, advice, knowledge that will help you win your game this week. Unless of course you're playing as one of us, in which case we hope you lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, listen to us uh, on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor uh, pocket casts, uh, breaker. There's a bunch of them out there that you can listen to us. Uh, let us know what you think. Follow us on Twitter at Unsport Comment. But that wraps up this episode. Uh, this is DC. Tyler, I'll give you the last word.
everyone. I hope you have great success in your fantasy matchups this week, and I hope all of your favorite teams lose. Bye.